Welcome to Catch the Fire Toronto's weekly sermon podcast. This message was recorded live at Catch the Fire Church in Toronto, Canada. We hope you enjoy it. Last week, as Steve said, we had Gordon and he talked about overcoming fear and he made three kind of, he gave us three challenges. Number one, recognize and rehearse the truth that God is with us. I mean, that alone could change our lives. If we really, really understood God is with me, it's, it's powerful. Number two, pray, stay close to God. And number three, face your fear. And my question is to you, did any of you practice any of those this week? Because, you know, when we come together as the body of Christ, part of what we're coming together for is to encourage and build one, one another up and hear something that's a reminder or revelatory and go and put it into action. As Steve said, just do it. And so we don't want to come and just here and, you know, forget it. As soon as we walk out those doors, we want to take it. So I want to encourage you to, on your phone, when there's a challenge given, you know, jot it down, or if you brought your journal so that all week you can be practicing, okay, is there, is there some fear that I have faced this week and I'm going to go for it and do it? Um, so my, what we're talking about today is overcoming anxiety and you know, I was telling the school ministry leaders that I was going to be speaking about this this week, and I was sharing with them what I felt like God was saying. And, and then I said, but I'm a bit nervous because I don't want to make it trite. I don't want to make it, oh, you just pray and it goes away. Because often when there's something super painful in our lives or in the lives of our friends or family, we, we kind of slap a Christianese on it and and it's, it's, it doesn't really speak to the heart or, or it just makes it sound trite. So I said, you know, I'm nervous that I'm going to do that as I talk. So, so they looked at me and they said, oh, so you're having anxiety. <laughs> I was like, touche. Very good. So, uh, but I am super passionate to talk about this topic and primarily because we see so much of it and I want it healed you know, I just, I believe if God can heal something physical in a, you know, in an instant like that, he can heal something that is going on with our emotions. And so um, I remember, you know, I would say 10 years ago, plus in the school of ministry, we did not see much anxiety. And I'm sure you remember Sarah, but the first time a girl had a major anxiety attack, we didn't know what was happening. She couldn't breathe. She was you know, down on the ground, we called 911 and we, were, we, we didn't know what was happening. Today, we would not do that because now we know what's happening because it's so much more prevalent and we know how to, you know, talk to someone and minister to them and, 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 and help that moment pass. But um, I'm not satisfied with that. I want anxiety healed and I want us to start seeing it. And what's amazing is that we're doing these four weeks on overcoming and I don't know if you know the scripture, but in 1 John 5, 4, it says, every child of God overcomes the world. It doesn't say we overcome, you know, something, a small bump in the road. It says we overcome the world. That is everything. That is all encompassing. And I, I want to speak to those of you who are in the room or those of you who are watching online who have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior yet. You do not fall into this. Every child of God overcomes the world, but the invitation is there for you. And if you're here, I am convinced you're looking for God. You're looking for 
something bigger than yourselves. You're looking for a savior. And the same if you're at home watching. And it doesn't matter if you're watching this today or in a month or in 10 years. The invitation is still there for you. When you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you immediately come into his family. He comes into you and he defines you as an overcomer, as he was an overcomer. And you know the end of the story. He literally overcame death. So we overcome death. We overcome everything that's the world. If you're in this room, I would say run up to the front right here and we're going to, we're going to look after you. But if you're, if you're, if you're, you know, mulling that around, we're going to be here right to the end. So please don't leave this building without accepting Jesus. But I think the enemy is having a heyday and I, I'm tired of it. And I, I want to see something different. Now, if you there's different ways of approaching, you know, when you're going to speak at something. I always try to look at research and see what are the experts saying? What are the researchers saying? And I'll tell you what the bottom line. If you research why is there so much anxiety, the bottom line is they say, I don't know. That's, that's where you get to. But there are a few clues that, that, they're, that they're researching and looking at. And the main, the main influence that they're looking at is this right here. And, um, social media today is, is, um, they say it's addictive. They say it's like a, a drug that, it, that it addicts us. And it, it does nothing. It, the only thing it does is lead us further into loneliness. And so spending so much time on social media and spending so much time actually on our phones, you know, even the, the light of the phone affects our brain patterns and it's, it tends to make us sleep less because I don't, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. How many of you kind of, you know, scroll as you're going to sleep or wake up in the night and scroll. And so it's changing the way our brains work and not serving us well. So in the natural, this is not a God word, but this is a smart word. I would say, you know, get rid of your social media. If, if you're having trouble with anxiety, get rid of your social media and put your phone away. Don't have it beside your bed where you can easily access it. And then test and see, oh my goodness, do I feel better after doing that? Another thing in the natural that I would say to do is clean up your language. So often we're using the word anxiety for a broad range of things. So for example, when I stand up here to speak until I start going, until I get going, my heart's racing, you know, I'm like, I can, I can feel, I could say, oh, I'm anxious. Oh, I'm anxious. Oh, I'm anxious. And the more we rehearse that, and the more we say that over and over again, it becomes who we are. So I'm calling you clean up your language. What I can say is, oh my goodness, I'm going to stand up there and speak before you and before God, and this is important, and I, I want to do a good job. Okay, that's different from I'm anxious. It's, it's not making it my identity. Now, anxiety can be on a wide spectrum, and this is why I want to be really careful. It can be over here where it actually serves us. Did you know anxiety can serve us? So anxiety that serves me tells me um, well, it does two things. It brings me to attention. 
Okay, so it, it focuses me. It makes everything that's important be important and all the other stuff, it just moves out of the way. So it's sort of like being tunnel vision when I have to really pay attention to something. That's my heart beating. That's, that's that kind of, of anxiety. I remember, for example, before Gordon and I moved here, we were living in Texas and we were moving back to Canada and we wanted to live in Ottawa. Ottawa, beautiful city, right? It's the nation's capital. It has no industry. It's very outdoorsy. It's close to our families and cottage country. So I was like, let's move to Ottawa. Every time we drove into the city, I had this, I would now call it anxious feeling inside my, my gut. I just felt, I felt so uncomfortable, so anxious. And I knew this was not the place for us to live. And and even though we wanted to move there, logically it made sense to move there. And God was saying no. Now, if I just ignored that, I might have moved there and missed actually being here. Because when we drove into Toronto, the place Gordon and I said we never want to live in Toronto, which I actually love Toronto now. Um, when we drove into the city, I felt total peace. There was none of that anxiety. So anxiety can serve you when it's working well. But when it gets out of whack or out of control way over here, it does the opposite. It just creates confusion. It creates a great distress and it does no, it no longer serves you. So we don't want to be over here, but we want to be, okay, is there something here that is actually helping me? So I want you to practice this week cleaning up your language and you can help each other go, is that anxiety or could you, could you actually take that whole word out this week and try putting other words in and see, okay, what does it actually look like? So let's look at what God's strategy is. I am fascinated with the Bible every time I read it. And especially if I study something, it's amazing what's in there. Can you believe that in the old and new Testament, God talks about anxiety over and over and over again? He cares about the tiny details and the massive details in our lives. And he is very interested in, in um, anxiety. And he knew that we would have a trouble with it, have trouble with it. And he's given us a strategy for it. I think about our vision statement that we're going to be showing you at the end of this, um, at the end of this talk. And that what it is for this week is we are hungry to intentionally experience God in every area of our lives. And what we typically do, I think, is we bring the good stuff into God. You know, oh, I was just brave. I just led someone to Jesus. You know, we bring that stuff in. But the bad stuff or the things that we think he won't like, we, we try to push out there. But what this statement is saying, we're hungry to intentionally experience God in every area of our lives. That's including anxiety. Okay? So part of the strategy from God, coming from the Bible, is number one, evaluate it. Listen to this. Deuteronomy 28, 65 says, Among those nations you will find no repose, no resting place for the sole of your foot. There the Lord will give you an anxious mind, eyes weary, and longing with a heart of despair. So he, there, there is, if you're in the wrong place with God, you and I are going to feel anxious because we're in the wrong place. So it's one of his red flags that he's waving at us. I will not give you rest while you're in this place because you're in the wrong place. And I'm very thankful for that. So we have to evaluate that. Is this good anxiety or is it 
bad anxiety and I'm going to pay attention to it. Number two is discard, discard it. First Peter five, seven, and it, interesting, it's repeated twice. It's in the Psalms and it's in Peter. It says, cast all your anxiety on him. And you know what the end of the sentence is? Because he cares for you. It's amazing. It's not, it's, it's just because he cares for me and he cares for you that he's like cast. He doesn't say some of it, all of it. Now, what I want you to notice in that word cast is that involves me. It's not, don't you just wish sometimes that, you know, you're just like, take all, take all this away. And you just hope he'll come. Steve, actually, he didn't tell you, but in the school ministry, he did a, a spontaneous deliverance session that was amazing, which I think we should do at church. Be so good. Um, they had a phenomenal time, but, but I, you know, and I, I love it when that happens, but in this case, God is calling us to participate cast. That means I have to take action. That means I have to bring whatever energy I have to participate in that. And I can bring it all to him. Now I was talking to a, a lady in between services and, and she was telling me how she was praying about this. And she said, so I, you know, I repent God about having, you know, um, anxiety, um, almost like it's a sin versus um, a difficulty she's struggling with. This is saying, cast it all to me. It's different than repenting. It's like, I'm going to bring all of myself into Jesus, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and, and hand it to him. It's, it's powerful. Okay, the next is practice it. This is a pathway that we're making. If, if, I, if I wait until I have an anxiety attack or a big problem with anxiety, I haven't developed the muscles to, to deal with it. This is a path that we have to be developing all the time, it, just in normal life that I'm, I'm bringing everything to Jesus. I'm evaluating it. I'm discarding it. I'm casting it away. And so I have a well-traveled path that when I get hit or when I suffer from it, my mind, my spirit, my soul and body can go through it. Okay. Exercising that muscle, taking practice. Psalm 139 says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. This is an ongoing lifestyle that we're going to do. The fourth one is banish it. Ecclesiastes uh, 11.10 says, so Banish anxiety from your heart and cast off all the troubles off of your body. Banish it is so small. It is like you are not allowed to come here. And my, my you know, as, as we know, if you can get personal deliverance from Steve, great. I don't know. Now, now lots of people are just going to be coming and asking you for personal deliverance. But my favorite thing to teach the students is self-deliverance. So that is laying hands on yourself and basically saying no. So I would look at anxiety, laying hands on myself, and I would say, anxiety, I don't need you. I don't want you. You're not my friend. And you get away from me in the name of Jesus. Okay? You take your authority in Christ and you actually banish that thing out of your life, out of your generations, and, and out of the way. If you think about it, what anxiety is actually saying is, to you is that there's something wrong with you. So if I'm feeling anxious when I get up here to speak, what, what are the thoughts that are actually going through my head? The thoughts are, I might fail. I might not do well. 
I might get a bad report after. And that is just shame. Shame will always tell you and me that there is something wrong with you. You're not good enough, okay? That's the battle. But the beautiful thing is, is that's the very thing that Jesus died for. Jesus died for my shame. And so when shame tries to speak, I need to do the opposite and bring Jesus in. Jesus, would you come in to that place of shame? Because when shame dies, Jesus lives. And that is really the only answer. And it leads us to the, the fifth point, which is make up your mind. Luke 21, 14 says, make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourself. Isn't that an awesome verse? Make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourself. I find it amazing that God knew that we were going to spend a large majority of our time defending ourselves, trying to prove that we were okay, trying to prove that we were right, trying to, trying to, fight against shame, but that is exhausting. And that's part of what creates anxiety rather than just going, but Christ who lives in me, the hope of glory is everything. I can be nothing. He can be everything. Okay. It's our relationship with Jesus. The last one is praying. Philippians 4, 6 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer, and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So prayer is part of it. That conversation that we have with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as we bring everything to him. Now, what was interesting in this, in my study, was I found that there were also some scriptures for, for you know, us who are not struggling with anxiety to help one another. And here's one, Psalm 94, 19 says, when anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me joy. So we can be that for one another. We don't have to bring advice or fix it or anything like that. We just can come close and just come in community and just listen and hear. And it says your consolation, what the result of that was, it brings joy. It brings the opposite of what anxiety is that brings suffering. It brings joy. The second one is from Proverbs 12, 25. It says, anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word clears it up, cheers it up actually, but it's, it's very simple kindness. So coming to people who are suffering from anxiety and be kind and just be there, not being judgmental, not having a solution, um, actually being kind. And so what I want us to do is I want us to stand up and I want, I want you to just, with your eyes closed, kind of look at anxiety for a minute. If you yourself are suffering from anxiety, or you have somebody that's a close friend or a family that is suffering from it. And I want you to feel that feeling. I hope that feeling that you have inside of like, no, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm, I, I dislike it so much because it's taking the life out of people. It literally sucks life out of them. And so I want everything with us. I want us to pray corporately. I want us to pray individually and, and have that no rise up inside. And we're going to start just by that self-deliverance. So I want you to look at anxiety for either yourself or your friend. And I want you to look at it and say, anxiety, I don't need you. 
Yeah, let's out loud. Let's be like very loud together to get our will and our and our sort of feistiness behind this. So anxiety, I don't need you. I don't want you. You don't help me. And you get away from me or my friend right now in the name of Jesus. And we banish you. I banish you from my home. I banish you from this church. I banish you from this community. I banish you from my workplace. And you cannot be there anymore in the name of Jesus, I pray. Good. Pooh. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you would roam through this room and you would literally touch fire on the head and the hearts of anyone struggling with anxiety. And you would add an extra banishment. You would push it away. Father, I pray that, that as you sent Jesus to be our Lord and Savior, that he would... He would save me today from shame. He would save that hole that, that, that tries to dig deeper. And instead, he would fill it up with love and caring and passion and hope. And today, what we hold as I lay hands on myself, that I am a child of God and I am an overcomer. And today, going out from here, I am going to overcome the world. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. We hope you encounter God and were inspired by this message today. To watch video of this message and other messages from Catch the Fire in Toronto, visit catchthefire.tv. Catch the Fire has churches, schools, events, missions and media all around the world. To find out more, visit catchthefire.com.